Listen in the dojo and dynamite. Dynamite, put your hand in, ring is out of sight. All elite TNT, make it feel right. Put your hand all elite, time to unite. One's name Rich, the other Ashley. The number one pod for the whole family. Time to fill your wrestling appetite. Now it's time to start dojo and dynamite. This is Ashley and Rich here with episode 76 of Dojo and Dynamite. It is Thursday, May 6th, and we are sorry that we missed you last week. Yeah, it just kind of fell into our laps, I guess. NFL Draft was on Thursday and Friday. Fell out of our laps. It fell into our laps. Wouldn't we have recorded? No, I meant like the... Like, Dantaku was Monday, Tuesday, kind of, like, fell into our laps to kind of, like, skip the week. Oh, yes. Like, it was like, you know, you had so much wrestling Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, basically, that you might as well just wait. Because, I mean, if we recorded it Thursday, Friday, whatever it was, NFL Draft, obviously, even if we got it out Saturday, Sunday, you have all this wrestling to catch up on. I don't want to listen to last week's, like, half-assed dynamite, you know? Yeah. So now you got a full slate Two big nights of Dantaku, a bunch of singles matches. We're not going to touch upon the tag matches. We'll talk about Dantaku in the order we usually do. We'll talk about Blood and Guts first. And then we will talk about Dantaku at the end. We have a couple of singles matches, ramifications potentially about the future. Yeah, a few exciting things to highlight. And we cannot wait to get there. But without further ado, like you mentioned, this was the big, highly anticipated Blood and Guts AEW was in number one on television last night. Yeah, it was number one in the demos. Are you surprised about the number, the actual, like, figure? Obviously, as we know, you always say we're not ratings. I pay attention to the ratings. We all know we pay attention to the ratings, but... It's not a ratings podcast. It's not a ratings podcast, but are you surprised by the figure? I I thought it would be higher. I thought the total figure would be higher. I was a bit surprised, but I think... You know, being over a million, I think, is good. I also wonder if it's possible. I mean, we'll talk about it a little bit when we get there, but the commercials. I mean, for the people who watched on Fight, you didn't have this problem. I mean, we got four commercials that were just brutal. There was a point, I think we were in picture in picture, and it went so long we went out of picture in picture because, I mean, it was. These commercials just took you out of this match because there was so much happening. You can't follow it if it's not on the screen. Yeah, I know. I I agree with you. I will say I was more engaged with this picture-in-picture throughout Blood and Guts than, like, a normal event because there were higher stakes involved. But it's just the ads are always distracting. Um, So, yeah, I mean, it's possible that could have taken away... And then there was an untalked about or unspoken circumstance regarding the fact that the individuals who bought tickets to go to the show, they watched the first hour on a television screen before the Blood and Guts match. And then on top of that, they had anticipated or were kind of told the match is going to be an hour long. The match is only half an hour. So, I mean, they went down there. They went down for the show, watched on a screen, sat behind a giant cage and watched one half hour match. That kind of sucks. No offense. Kind of feel bad for them. Especially those who traveled. I mean, if you were in the Jacksonville area, why not just go do something on a Wednesday night, hang out with a bunch of friends, and watch some wrestling? But, but outside of that... Well, they got 
quite the spectacle in that half hour, but if that's not sure. what you were expecting... Um, I don't know if the bang for the buck was there. You know what I'm talking about? But nonetheless, the show itself was irrelevant. I mean, QT and Cody was important. The Fatal 4-Way Tech was important. Wasn't irrelevant. It's It set us up for the, the coming weeks of Dynamite and, and Double or Nothing, but we were all here for blood and guts. I mean, the second hour is what we were all And they built for. anticipation. They built up for it. Obviously, you had Kenny Omega promo, pack OC at some point. But we'll start Kenny Omega and Michael Nakazawa versus Eddie Kingston and John Moxley. And it kind of felt thrown together, but I guess if this was taped at a different time, it made sense as maybe Nakazawa was the guy that was there. Maybe the Good Brothers weren't around. You know what I'm saying? So if this was... No, the Good Brothers were in the match. They ran out. So, I mean, that, no, that's... No, this is, this is what Don this is just Callis what they got, I guess. Yeah. I they wanted Kenny, and this is what they got. Kenny and Nak. I mean, it's fine. Whatever it was. The match was all right. Nakazawa isn't a terrible wrestler. And he had a unique gimmick when he was covering himself in baby oil, yeah. but now they're kind of making him kind of like a stooge, I guess. Like, he's wearing his little, like, sweater vest, and he's wearing, like, slacks, and he's wrestling in, like, a headgear, like, you know, like a like a call center mic or whatever you would call those, like a headset. I, I don't I don't know. It was kind of, like, weird. Kind of transitioned his character into that, like, as if he's not a wrestler whatsoever. That happened overnight, it feels like. Yeah, it did. It kinda, he kind of just reappeared on <laughs> television. No. I mean, initially he was making the rope slippery for, you know, Matt Seidel, and now he's like, uh, I don't know, corporate stooge of Kenny Omega. But, I mean, this match was like a C. It just was what it was. And there was a beatdown that I kind of felt like something was going to happen. Well, I didn't know initially that this was taped. I didn't know that. So no, I, I thought I, that the show like flowed together seamlessly. Yeah, I, I thought it was live. Yeah. So I thought that the cage was like lifted in the air the way that WWE seemed to do it. So I had no idea actually. I mean, just just me being honest, I had no idea. So uh, this kind of felt like it was live. You had a lot of people coming out. I kind of anticipated like a savior because they were hyping up Omega's opponent for the end of the evening. We were going to be announcing who Omega is facing at Double or Nothing. So I thought maybe this would be the moment where you'd kind of see Christian Cage or Brian Cage or whoever it was that was going to be challenging Kenny Omega. I just did not expect it to be Pac or Orange Cassidy. But I guess I haven't been paying attention to the rankings because, as you said, it's completely irrelevant. Adam Page plummets to the bottom what because the of the loss. I know I just, he lost to Brian Cage. Like, we, there's we, so many issues. Yes, he lost to Brian Cage. But how he went from number one to not being number one or number two, that had me extremely puzzled. And I was talking to JRJ on Twitter. And, like, we are doing the slow build to... Omega page for the championship. That's it is what it is. But I mean, can you? But we'll we'll jump the gun here because we're already on Omega. Let's talk about the promo too. I mean, you might as well, right? We're in the Omega conversation. You're talking to JRJ. You're talking about Hangman Page. How the hell do you sell a pay per view? And we try to stay. I mean, because I could be. I'm trying to be as politically correct. I try to be as professional as possible on the podcast. I really do. Because if you heard me hanging out and talking to everybody else, I sound like Barstool Sports. But I try my best 
on the podcast to be as professional as possible. But how the fuck do you sell a pay-per-view with Orange Cassidy versus Kenny Omega? That, that is absolute fucking filler. If you want to make a pay-per-view, this is the this is the pay-per-view that you give? Are you out of your mind? I'm not buying that shit. And it's not Orange Cassidy. I like Orange Cassidy. No, He's I... fine. You can't sell a world title match. That's just filler space. This is a pay-per-view, goddammit. This isn't television shit. You can't put that on pay-per-view. People have been waiting for Pac and Omega again. They've been waiting for Pac to be in that status, that world title level, because that's what Pac is. We feel like he should be there. And if you give us Orange Cassidy, I swear to God. I said it. I don't want to buy it. If I was on a budget, if I was balling on a budget, and I could only afford so-and-so, and let's say I had a fucking Xbox game coming out, I'm going to skip Double or Nothing if it's Kenny Omega versus Orange Cassidy. It doesn't matter what the main event is. The world title match, JRJ hit this nail on the head. Like, I mean, just, just nailed it. Because he had some detractors out there on Twitter. And they were talking about, well, you know, what if the women main event? It's irrelevant what the main event is. The matches, there's a world title match selling on pay-per-view between Kenny Omega and Orange Cassidy. You know Orange Cassidy's not going to win. It's a throwaway comedy that's match. The, that's the issue. It's it's not the match itself. I'm sure it would be really fun. I mean, Pac versus uh, Orange Cassidy at Revolution was a banger. And that, that was one that we go back to. Our, our and friend again, turned him into and again, our resident Orange Cassidy. But it was Orange for Cassidy. nothing. I didn't exactly. buy the pay-per-view for that. That's, I bought the pay-per-view for Jericho Moxley. That's that's the issue. I, I don't want to see this as my world title match at, at uh, Double or Nothing. And I mean, the Double or Nothing's coming together very, very well. If it's going to be Moxley and Kingston versus the Bucks, let's just say, for example, you're going to have a Karushita versus Britt Baker. It's going to be excellent. That was announced, finally. And right, that's, it's going to be excellent. That's one that's so exciting because you know we know it's Britt's time, but the anticipation is there, the excitement is there. This is where predictability is and, good. And now we're gearing up where I can say we're gearing up for... Miro to take the TNT title. So it's possible we'll get Sting in another match. We'll get Sting and Darby potentially against Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky. That's excellent. That has That's great written all over it. I really like that promo. I like the way that they built that. They set that up. They built that match. I, it's possible that's going to be double or nothing. And there's no reason why Miro can't absolutely eviscerate Darby Allen next week. Because he got thrown down the stairs. So, I mean, it sets it up perfectly for the title to be swapped. I mean, this is ideal. I, there is, obviously, the match was not announced for Double or Nothing. It's Pac versus Orange Cassidy, number one, number two, competing for the, the, the spot at Double or Nothing. The way the promo went, it just obviously seems it's going to be Orange Cassidy. I'm hoping they're going to throw us a curveball and it'll be Pac. Um, even though you know Pac won't win, because the end here is Omega Page, I just feel I could buy into Pac versus there's, Omega more. Yeah, there's there's nothing about Orange Cassidy versus Kenny Omega on pay per view that's going to get. I'm not going to open my wallet. You you can be my guest. I no. I I'm, will not buy the pay per view. Watching the pay per view. I will not buy the pay per view. I will not pay for it. But that I I will pay for it. I'm going to stay in the protest here. I will pay for it because we have to watch it. We have a podcast to record, and I'm going to watch all of their pay per views. But. If that is the world title match, I, I'm not thrilled about it. Not, not for the world. Not for the world title. Not in this circumstance where you know that he's not going to win. You put it on television, that's fine. I don't care. You put it on TV, I don't give a shit. 
You don't put that on pay-per-view. That, that's crap. You don't put that crap on pay-per-view. And again, it's not about Orange Cassidy. It's the complete irrelevance of what it is. It's literally a filler spot, if you do it that way, where the match quality is going to be three stars, and you're going to give me Orange Cassidy in a shtick match, and he's a fine wrestler, and I, and I enjoy Orange Cassidy. I do. But you're going to face for the world title on a pay-per-view? You're charging people 50 fucking dollars for you out of your mind? I, you know. Because the reason why we're talking about it is because WWE has brainwashed us that when they do promos like they did against Orange Cassidy with Kenny Omega, Orange Cassidy is going to overcome the odds and make it to the pay-per-view. It's just strict, basic story, WWE storytelling. And that's what it's kind of hitting, hinting in this direction. And there's a lot of people that are hoping that subvertly this was done to kind of counter what WWE traditionally does. But damn it, Pac. If Pac doesn't go over OC, I mean, what are you going to do with Pac at this point? Sometimes it, it's not about the draw, per se, of who gets title matches, okay? And it's not going to be as fluky as, let's say, David Arquette. It's not like he's going to spear a guy and pin him and win a world title. I mean, this guy's getting a pay-per-view match. So, I mean, it, it's bad news. But we digress. The next, but the next match was good. Well, before you skip ahead, uh, you're missing which buck wore at best. Ah, yes. We missed, we missed two weeks of which buck wore at best. So it was obviously Matt Jackson. That, I mean, Ashley, Nick didn't even wear an outfit. He did. He looked like very casual chic. Nice comfy pants, tank top. The stupid hat. The hat did Love not go the with the outfit. Yes, it did. No, it did not. The hat goes with everything. He's, he has the confidence that pulls the outfit together. Pippin Rhodes, Prince Iakea reference. That was great. That was real good. I, and Prince Iakea, that, that was a nice it. plug. I do, that was good. I do like... Like the coordination that Matt has going on, um, he was rocking some like island summer. Yeah, I, I thought his outfit looked good. Um, I wish I had like the legs or the physique. Get or the to tan. the gym. Do leg day with me. I play volleyball. Leg day every day. Last week we had them. Two weeks ago I couldn't walk. <laughs> we I got had stuck them on the stairs. In all black. Nick was wearing that furry headband. Ah, yes. Seth Rollins' coat made it across the forbidden door. (laughs) Traveled across the realm of existence. Oh, goodness. That's canon now. And it's the first official crossover. (laughs) 2021. Dear Lord. Um, Yeah. But that was a... That brawl felt... Good. It was yeah, suspenseful, like you definitely. said. Definitely. It, it kind of left you hanging. Like, I felt like somebody was going to come, but it nobody did. And it, it was okay. It was good. I thought the match was the match was average. The brawl was good. It led right into QT versus Cody, which I thought was very good because Cody came out like, hey, you know, I'm fucking pissed after yeah. the whole bus spot. This he was, came out slugging, which was smart. had emotion behind it. You had Arn getting involved. It was, it very was physical. opposite of what... It was kind of like he learned from the MJF. If you remember back when he fought MJF, was that a revolution? Yeah. When he kind of came out and he's supposed to be really pissed at MJF for like fucking around with all the shit, costing him a title match, fucking with his family, doing the straps, and he comes out and wrestles him like traditionally. So yeah. with QT, he came out, he slid in, he starts punching him, starts kicking him. I mean, that's it, it good. Was... That's a good piece, though. That that's long term style. 
long-term storytelling and character development. Like It's just, it's being able to look back at the film, as they say, when you're playing football and learning from the mistake. Yeah. And he looked back at the film, he watched the original and said, hey, I gotta fix this. Yeah. And he did it. I thought it was good. No, it was, it was good. Um, QT and Cody was good. I'll give it an A. I liked it. It was good. Got some cutie, got a cutie ass, I guess you can call it. <laughs> QT ass. Yeah, that did happen. Little, little moon. But it was a good time. Good match. Back and forth. I was surprised that Cody won. But Cody got busted open. I don't know what it leads to now, though. What, is it, what does it lead to Cody? Obviously, he's making an announcement for Double or Nothing. We saw that. Yep, that'll happen next week. But what week. is this leading to? Because I thought this was going to draw out the Double or Nothing. I really did. Yeah, it does seem kind of abrupt. Yeah, kind of like we just, it just ended ends this. here. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know what's to come next for him. But you're right. What What does that mean for QT and his his group with the loss? I don't know. What's going on, with Matt Hardy? We didn't have any HFO this week. No, I don't know. There's some questions here. I mean, obviously, Matt lost that title match, and AEW kind of does that, where you take you off television for a little bit, so you kind of forget they just lost, mm-hmm. which is fine. like the idea, so are we getting Matt for double or nothing, or are we not? I don't know. I don't know. Christian Cage has got to do something. Could he be fighting Cody? But Possible. it would be another... It's kind of like, I really liked this feud... Between Cody and QT, I thought this had a lot of heat to it. But see, this is one of those I just things, don't feel like it should have ended yet. It Does, feels like it's over. Doesn't have to be. Doesn't know. It no, doesn't, doesn't have, have to, to be, be, but it, it felt kind of finite. We so. could have almost, we could go to like a cage match, the pay-per-view, but we just had this big cage match, so I don't know if you want to do that. You can have like a stip match, you can have an I quit match, last man standing match or something. That could be fun. Could do something outside the box like that. Anyway, this was good. This was better than the opener. But that led us to ladies' action. We had Dr. Britt versus... Fake Thunder Rosa? No. no. That was on Elevation. It wasn't Fake Thunder Rosa. It was, it real was Thunder the Rosa. real Thunder Rosa. I, some, we were watching Elevation. It was Thunder Rosa versus somebody. I think we had the blinds open with like the sun glaring and on the something TV. Was, so something, something was off, off about her face paint. So I said... Who's this fake Thunder Rosa? And Ashley goes, "Real Thunder Rosa." <laughs> I was like, that "Why is did not she look fake Thunder Rosa?" I just, I was like, "Who the hell is this fake Thunder Rosa?" And she goes, "Uh, Thunder Rosa." So and then well. they they zoom in, and he's like, "Oh shit, that's and her face paint just Thunder looked a little Rosa. weird." Maybe I don't. Maybe it was just my angle that I was on. I don't know. We'll blame it on the sun glare. I don't actually know who she wrestled. Uh, young blonde woman. Uh, Dr. Britt versus Julia Hart. There you go. So, Britt Baker looks good, sets up her match. Obviously, you'll have Reba there, as they say, not Reba, Rebel, not Reba. But you'll you'll have this. This is good. I think this is big time. Obviously, Britt Baker is going to win. I think this is as predictable as it gets. It's okay, though. That's what, no. That's it's good. Why, it's okay. This is where predictability is is good. Everyone's chomping at the bit. She deserves it. Like, that's going to be a huge yeah, moment. Yeah, this is fine. And I, I do like the idea of them... Possibly main eventing. I know I saw that floating around on Twitter. You talked about that with JRJ. Probably don't know if yeah, it'll happen, but I, it, that, hell yeah, that's a huge match. Yeah, I think the construction of a pay-per-view is not necessarily about what main events the show in terms of the sale. It's about how you put together the show. They can absolutely main event. There's no reason why they shouldn't. They're going to have a great match. They probably have the best story, the richest story. I mean, Britt Baker is probably the best character on television right now. So, I, you know, there's no reason why they can't main event. 
It's just if you're going to have a world title match, you better not have Orange Cassidy in it. I'm just, I'm excited that this is finally happening. And I know everyone else is, so we can't wait for that. That was followed up by uh, tag team action, though. We had four-way tag team eliminator match. Varsity Blondes, The Acclaimed, Jurassic Express, and SCU. Winner faces the Young Bucks next week. This kind of feels abrupt also. This, yes, I didn't realize that the match was going to be next week. And and I really want to care about SCU because I love them. Absolutely. But it's really hard because they put them in this spot where it just feels so short notice. We haven't built a story. It hasn't been on television enough. There hasn't been enough drama about SCU potentially losing. Could SCU just win the belts? Yeah, and I actually hope so. And it's not against the Bucks. I love the Bucks, but I hope so because I love SCU. Why not? Yeah. Let them go on a run for the. Give them one summer. One last summer. Yeah. Give them one summer where they're barely skirting by a bunch of teams and they go to all out and lose. What's wrong with that? But how many promos have we had with this SCU story? We had the initial one that they set up. And they talk about it sometimes on commentary. And then last week they came out and addressed the Bucks and uh, like kind of I set said, it up. You but... have the Bucks in the main event. You have the Bucks with Kenny Omega, and they have the World Tag Team titles. So this is what I'm trying to say: is that you don't leave room because they're the champions for other feuds that potentially could happen for the belts. And SCU wants the challenge for the belts. It's not about the Bucks; it's about the belts. So SCU says next time we lose as a tag team, we're gonna we're gonna break up. So eventually, they're if they keep winning, they're gonna have to go after the belts. That's the Bucks. Maybe it would be a better story if we had like them versus another tag team that had the championships. We'd have a separate storyline going on rather than involving SCU in what could potentially be the Moxley Kingston feud. It just it's. It's, it's kind of sad because I wanted this to be a big deal yeah. and it's kind of just happening on a random night of wrestling on the 12th of uh, May, which happens to be the day that the NFL releases their schedule, 17 games. Well, it's, again, it's such a tough thing because while the Bucks not having the belts would obviously open up more stories within the tag division, I mean, they also need the belts because they're the best tag team in the world and Kenny's the best wrestler in the world. He's the world champion. Like, it adds strength the Bucks, to what they're doing. The Bucks needed the belts before they got to this current feud. I didn't know if the belt. Like I said to you, I don't necessarily believe that they should have the championships right now because there are a lot of teams that are on the sidelines that have nothing to fight for. And you can build up other stories at double or nothing between these teams. No, I, I don't disagree for the sake of the tag division, but this, it, the match itself seems abrupt. And now yes. it's like, well, what's going to happen? SCU right. loses, if they're SCU done. Right, loses, they're Ugh. done, and that's really sad. Because I sad. just don't feel like I got the emotional pull that I wanted to have. That they're If they're actually going to end, and let's say Daniel stops wrestling, I don't know if I'm ready for it, but if this is how it's going to happen, I wish they would have at least drawn it out. I mean, I feel like... SCU's got garnered the respect to have that at least. If if legitimately Christopher Daniels is not going to wrestle anymore, couldn't you give him respect of letting him go on a pay per view? Couldn't you have given him a respect of letting him go on one more tag run? I don't know. I don't know, but it isn't just a random night of wrestling, like you said. 
Next week, we have Yuji Nagata returning to TNT. We've got John Moxley versus Nagata for the IWGP Which is also, US Heavyweight I'm Championship. Pumped. I'm pumped. But it's also like eating up the idea that SCU could potentially be done because Yuji Nagata's star power and excitement has kind of overwhelmed that. So I just think it's a weird spot for SCU. That's all. It I'm, shouldn't take away from Yuji Nagata. Yuji Nagata versus Moxley is going to be fantastic. That's I'm, great. That's awesome. I'm treating this like one of those special dynamite events, like a Blood and Guts or like a Beach Break or but like it's whatever not. the hell we had. It feels like it. We got a lot of title matches. I don't think anybody's going to change hands. Darby. Oh yes, that's right. I, I was thinking that Sheeta was defending. It was my my fault. Yeah, Darby's going to def- Darby's going to lose. I don't. Th- Think she'd have been no, I, for I don't match. know why I thought it was her. I I don't know. I saw a bunch. I don't know what it is. Don't no, ignore it's, me. It's okay. No, no. But big big lineup next week. Yeah, and I do hope that Miro does win. Miro looked good. Good yeah, promo. So Miro cut. I yeah, thought it was good. The Miro line that promo. I really liked was that you know the guy is not afraid of dying, or he's not you know whatever it was. And Miro was like, well, I'm not afraid to kill. I thought that was great. That was fair. that was that was great. That was awesome. Do you think and we kind of talked about this a couple of weeks ago? Do you think it's going to be a match or is this just going to be a burial if like with I, Mr. Brody? I Lee? I would book it like Brody and Cody. Yeah. Yeah. Because just he got thro- he got his him. ass kicked. They they just fought Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky by himself and he got thrown down the stairs. It's t- Miro can win. Yeah. Miro can do it. Just just kick his ass. I did, just that's just what's set up for. It's perfect. Just kick his ass. But, like, he literally got thrown down the stairs. Like, you need to be beat up. This has to be. <laughs> well, in wrestling, you know stairs are very dangerous. How many times has Mick Foley taken that bump? And it's very dangerous, Ashley. You know that. Writes you off television for a long time. That's what, no, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> like, stairs are very dangerous. But you like that promo, too, with uh, Scorpio Sky and Ethan I did. Page. I thought it was good, yeah. yeah. Some people thought it was bad. I, I, I mean, our friend is... Just does not like Scorpio Sky. I I don't <laughs> understand why. I don't know. I don't I know. I love Scorpio Sky. Yeah, I, Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky. Like I said, it it didn't make sense because Ethan Page was new. Like the story they were kind of saying before was I like know, we weren't right, loving was, it. Was, but was it's... like Ethan Page was this guy who was underappreciated. And he's teaming up with Scorpio Sky, who's underappreciated. But that's not what it is. Ethan Page is brand new. <laughs> So it kind of kind of odd. It's the pairing is coming together though. Like we said, they're very fashionable. <laughs> They've got these attitudes. It it's 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 working. I'm. It's it's growing on me. And Ethan Page is fit right in. Yeah, he's he's come in here and he's with Scorpio Sky and like we've only seen him a couple times, but he feels like he's been here. Feels like he's he belongs. He doesn't in feel AW. like the new guy. No, he doesn't yeah. feel like that. Like Ricky Starks came in, felt like he belonged here. It's the same thing. But. It was a quick first hour, 15 minutes of the show. This brings us to the main event of the evening, which was Blood and Guts. Now, I remember we talked about how the second hour was supposed to be dedicated to Blood and Guts solely. And I was irritated at how long the Kenny promo was taking, because it's 9.10, then it's 9.14. I'm like, you're cutting into this main event. And then it starts. And... 
you're like, D- did you want them to go a full hour? <laughs> like with with the amount of blood that's occurring and like the fi- the just the brutal beatdown. Yeah. I think it ended up actually being a nice amount of time for the match itself. A lot of blood. A lot of blood. Not enough guts. It's all right. Not enough Listen. guts, Ash. Not enough guts. A lot of blood. Not enough guts. Too much blood. Not too much blood. No, but no, no, no. No, never too much blood. <laughs> but it was too much blood in ratio to guts. It was like 100% blood, zero guts. I don't, I don't. Scale was out of whack. Blood, no guts? It was like blood, no guts, yeah. <laughs> but what a match. I mean, impact, impact would show you guts. Impact kills people on television. Ali got murdered. And so did, like, Better somebody else it. got shot, too. Didn't, like, was somebody it, else just get shot in the wedding? Page? No, he fought himself as a karate man. Oh. I don't know. I don't There's know what's going on. is going to be on itself. Impact tonight. Yeah, tonight. I'm pretty stoked. Uh, we'll have to catch up on that. But Blood and Guts was quite the spectacle. I loved the contrast of the white and black gear. I thought everyone looked excellent. Uh, and what a win for the pinnacle. Yeah, so I want to kind of make a mention about the blood and guts. That this reminded me very much of like the WCW matches. Which was faction warfare. Fighting, slugging each other out. It was like, you know, four horsemen kind of stuff. Things that happened within the cage was like a brawl. Now you're taking two teams, don't like each other, and you're locking them in a cage. That's what it's supposed to feel like. Now, NXT, with all due respect, they have a fantastic War Games match. They really do. And they take it more as like a strategic match obstacle to overcome. You kind of have these teams. You have an advantage. You have a disadvantage. You want to take advantage of when you have the two-on-one, the three-on-two scenarios. The NXT War Games match is a drastic difference to what AEW did in Blood and Guts. And I, I this is they both do something so different that I really like the fact that we can have the same match and we have two different perspectives of it. Because you gotta give a lot of respect for the way that NXT does it. It's really a sports based presentation. It's like this advantage to calculate against this big cage in this big fight. And I, I like that. I, I like the way that they do it. This one was two hungry teams locked in a brutal cage. They tore the ring apart. They tore the cage apart. They bled all over the place. This was great also. They were two... I like the fact we have two completely different shows doing the same match completely differently. And that really gives a nice diversity to the audience base. And you can watch both and appreciate both completely differently. I don't... I like when you do that. So you don't have to kind of... Not rip off somebody else. I don't mean it that way. But you don't, you're not watching the same thing on both sides with different people. It was two completely different things. So I didn't really know what to expect going into this, but I really enjoyed what they gave us. I thought it was great. A lot of blood spots, a lot of really good spots. Uh, I thought Sean Spears looked good in this match. Sammy Guevara was, was the star. Sammy is obviously the, be- the you know, star. He was, he was the king. We knew this was coming. Uh, I thought it was nice that Dax started. I thought this was really good. Everybody had a lot of time. It were it was sloppy, but as you had said, you were okay with it. I th- no, I think this is the type of match where sloppy, so to speak, works because they're slipping over the ring. They're like literally fighting for their lives in there. So I, I think it it's better that the movements are not as precise and 
Right, which again is the exact opposite of what NXT's is, which I think is just a really good thing for wrestling. You have two complete diverse matches. I've never watched an NXT War Games, so I I don't NXT always felt like they were trying to take advantage of the rules. They have a very strict... When you start the NXT War Games, they always show you the rules of the match. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of like you you have an advantage, you have, you know, which individuals coming out at which time and you want to take advantage of it because you got the two on ones, you get the three on twos, you can't make pinfalls at that time. You can't have that. So I I really like the way that NXT's presentation is. It's very, very good because you kind of start to tie that realism into the match that they're not only are they trying to survive the cage, they're calculating and they're tactical amongst each other. This is literally, is literally Prison warfare. No, this That's why was they like wore prison outfits. Gritty, reckless, and abandoned. This and is I how, liked that. This is how I, if I was wrestling this match, this is how I would have done it. Yeah. Because this is, it's a little easier to tell a story this way. And I don't mean it, it's, it's a lazy, it's not that. It's fun. No. And the audience likes it. And I don't, I don't mean sloppy in a disrespectful no, way. It's like you, it, you're slugging each other with yeah. chairs and you're bleeding and you're back and forth. And this cage was monstrous. Huge. And it was a great match. It was a, it was a great match. And you had, you know, there were some spots. I just popped in my head as I was about to talk about Jericho. The Wardlow spot just didn't make any sense. And I, you know, big money Wardlow plug, uh, when Hager like ran at him and he like tried to pick him up, even though he was surrounded by inner circle guys, that was a friend of ours kind of said to me, you know, that just kind of looks like the inexperience of Wardlow trying to get a spot in, maybe not thinking clearly about what the surrounding circumstances were. That was a bad spot because he kind of whiffed on it. He dropped him. They picked him up and they tried to get back in the same spot. That was the only like bad spot, faux pas, you can say. But the commercials were fucking brutal. I know. And for those who didn't watch it on TNT, there were picture and pictures, about three or four of them. And there was one where, like you said, it went to a straight-up commercial break. There was one that was so long, it left the picture and picture, just went to commercial because it was going for so long. And then there was one where, in the picture and picture, throughout the commercial, basically, I think Wardlow came in in picture and picture. He did, yeah, and that's disappointing. It yeah, was all, you know, very. it was disappointing. But because big money Wardlow, Duh. but you know, when they were doing like the Jericho MJF climbing to the top of the cage, that all happened kind of like in a picture and picture. And we came back and we kind of had Jericho and him just kind of walking around the cage doing some submissions up there. Jericho did his blade job up there. You know, I don't want to talk about the cameras. People have been nitpicking the crap out of this match, and it's just, just stop it. I mean, like, you know, with, oh, they picked up every time they went to go do a blade spot because the camera doesn't know. Just, guys, it was just the commercials. It was a match with so many people. There were so many spots. There was so much happening. And each part was so that important. Right, that you, that you keep, it's like it's dragging on, and you keep giving us commercials, so we lose connection to what's happening. We come back. This was not a match for television. This would have been, this is like Stadium Stampede. 
Yeah. It was a much better match for pay-per-view where we don't have interruptions. I'm not saying you can't do it on TV, but it's very difficult to sell this on television. I would prefer this in a complete form without having to worry about commercials disconnecting me because I feel like I really would have been into it. And the match was still good. I'll give it an A. It was great. Everybody went out there. Everybody busted their ass. Everybody got injured. They're black and blue. They're cut. They're stitches. They're bleeding. I, you saw the pictures today? Oh, it was oh great. my God. They all they all did Hats blade off, jobs. Guys. Everybody did a great great job putting this match together. And the pinnacle gets the win, and we end dynamite with MJF standing on the top of the cage, bleeding, yelling thank you to Jericho. And, I mean, I don't what have a, a moment! It was great. It was a good. It was a good scene. Well, I think that's you know in, in retrospect, I had said to you, do you think? Um, do you think this was better than the Elite versus Inner Circle? And, I, I and think I, so, yeah. Absolutely, I, I think and so. I, this, I think it's just because Jake Hager couldn't wrestle for so long. We had to, we lost the Elite versus Inner Circle feud, and it only hung on because Dustin never got the chance to really fight Hager until Revolution because Hager had to do the MMA fights. So then we came after that with this big blood and guts. But the the it, feud between the Elite. And Cody and the inner circle was back in like November. And now we were going to yeah. get this match in like March. And it which, gave us the gem of Stadium Stampede. I mean, that there was closure there. And that was its Which own, again, it was a great match. It was it was unique and fun. But this, you know, what like what would the end have been between the elite and inner circle and blood and guts? Like this was the feud. Yeah, this was the feud. And it you was elevate the right guys. MJF, you elevate the pinnacle. Every like, guy was willing to take all these blood spots. It, you're right, it elevated different guys. FTR, Sean Spears, Sammy Guevara, Proud and Powerful. Like all the these guys legacy got a chance. of blood and guts and is it, that. Right, it was just carried by Jericho and MJF as the sole faces. You had Hager in there, you had Wardlow in there. This was good. This was yeah. the right guys at the right time. Match was an A, match was great. There was a really dumb spot at the end where you should throw him off the top of the cage, which I just, again, yes, camera angles matter. I guess you can kind of do it that way. There were a lot of ways. We're not going to nitpick it. We're not going to go into how many ways we can solve this problem, okay? Because I'm sure that you've read everybody's opinion on this left it's and right. It's been the talk of the and town it's, today. It's, it's not relevant to our conversation, but... The only thing that I would say that I would change was that when Sammy surrendered which was the right move he had to surrender i've been thinking I didn't about want anybody that to tap out that was I've good been that was thinking right about that all day I, I i the ending really really grew on me yeah they surrendered why are they going to tap out you, you can't don't want anyone to tap look, out you don't want anyone to look weak but they he defended your honor like what I, what I was saying was i just wish he had a microphone yeah because it kind of felt like oh that's it he gave up like I wish Sammy here, yeah. Right, like I wish yeah. Sammy got the mic and was like that. You know what? I, I I quit. We're done. We're done. Just don't. Just don't. Just don't do it. Don't hurt him. That's yeah. like my dad. You yeah, know? exactly. <laughs> like it, it's. I just. That's the part. I just wish he had a microphone. Because I don't think. Could we even hear him? Like, I don't think so. I just TV? remember them saying, "Well, that's it. It's over." You could. And see you're him. like, "It's over." Yeah. AEW has a, a way, and WCWs do the same thing, and it's it's kind of. WWE's done it too. Don't don't get me wrong, but it's they do these huge spots. They they get all these massive builds, and they just kind of end flat. And I think when you look in hindsight, it's all learning experience. And we used to criticize the camera angles a lot. If anybody recalls, we talked about the camera angles being a problem way back in the beginning of Dojo and Dynamite. 
and we said they'd get better because more experience, they get better. Well, now we're two years in, one and a half years in, and we're still kind of giving you shitty camera angles. I mean, at some point, either we got to fire this fucking crew or we you know, we got to figure something out because we're still doing the same crap. It's been over a year and a half, and we're still giving you the same bad angles. So that's, that's a side conversation again, like we said. But in this instance, you learn from a next time, we'll get you a microphone. A next time, maybe we'll push Jericho off the stage or something where we don't actually see him hit the pad. We won't zoom in on him hitting the pad type of thing. And it's it's that kind of stuff, you know. It's it's the things that, you know, you, you build up to these huge events and then they kind of end flat because I thought the match was really, really good. I thought the surrender was the right move, but it kind of felt really quiet because it was almost like the people in the crowd didn't know he surrendered because they couldn't hear him. That's a good point because the they were on the, the other cage. side of the cage. So yeah. it, that's what I mean by being flat. It, it, it was just... Then you had the camera angles that well, it's were like, bad it was when a, Jericho hit the stage, and it just, it was... It's not... Uh, it wasn't flat, bad. But it's, it's, you couldn't hear it, so you're trying to process, like, oh, it's over now. Oh, okay, they surrendered. Like, you had to kind of sit back and let it sink in. It just didn't feel as big as the feud and the whole match up to the end. It was like this crescendo kind of goes flat. And it's like, all right, got the job done. No, it definitely got the job done, and then I, I just, I loved the ending image of like, MJF like on match top of the through cage. Sammy surrendering. Just give a microphone, but match through Sammy surrenders an A, throwing Jericho off the cage and all the other. It's like a C, but it, nonetheless, the match was an A. The whole, the whole from top down was great. Match was awesome. I really enjoyed it. Definitely lived up to the hype. I'm so excited. It and actually I, I think happened. that it's great that everybody's kind of like, hey, you know what? Got a great rating, 1.1, 1.09, whatever. Got a great rating. 1.1. 1. 1. We round up. We round up. So, great rating, and everyone's speculating what's going to be the next one. And then that's 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 great, because you got this giant cage that you built. You got, you know, not Brian Cage, giant cage. <laughs> and it's exciting to see who's going to be next. And I think that's great. That's awesome. That's, that's like that feeling of, like, palpability of, I really liked this match. I want to see more of it. I hope it's an annual process, and I'm excited to see who's in it next. I was talking to one of my friends who was a little nervous throughout the match because of all the blood and the brutality. No guts, though. And I'm like... She, she didn't say guts. I'm sitting here just literally smiling at the television <laughs> throughout the whole duration because I just... I don't know. I loved it. But she didn't say guts. <laughs> all blood. More guts next time. Um, but very cool. What a dynamite. What a show. And I'm sure we'll be talking about that match for a very, very long time. But now that brings us to the Duntaku coverage, New Japan. So we had two nights. I know you said we, you know, we won't go step by step through the whole thing. There were four matches specifically that you wanted to, to talk about. Yeah, there were four matches. I enjoyed all of them. I don't like to talk about the big multi-man tags. There were four matches, though. Yeah, I want to take a quick moment here um, before we get into that. Just wanted to ask really quick before we get into the Duntaku coverage. How would you guys prefer us to cover New Japan? Because as Rich just mentioned, you have these events where there's these multi-man matches. They're entertaining. They're but somewhat irrelevant. They're not, yeah, not always... Um, progressing the story so like what what do you want from us in terms of new japan coverage 
like, do you guys want us to talk about every match? You want us to talk about, I mean, there was like a Master Watto match tag team like that kind of stuff i'm asking like i mean yeah. they're they're kind of irrelevant there's not singles com competition like we'll talk about tag matches of course but it, it's what do you guys want you want us to do a full breakdown from top down because yeah, in the interest of time we also try to not go on too long we don't want to hold anyone too long in these episodes but we haven't had a lot of new japan coverage recently so let us know fan participation what you want to hear going forward but for today, we're going to kind of ignore the multi-man tag matches. We're going to talk about what we liked in the singles matches. Yes. So first up, we had Tungaloa versus Zack Sabre Jr. So I wanted to, I, I put this on there because I really thought, one, Zack Sabre Jr. looks a lot better. I think he's in great shape. He's probably in the best shape he's ever been in. I, I thought he looked good. As much as he's always kind of been Zack Sabre Jr. all wiggly. I thought, he, I thought he looked very good, but Tongaloa's in the best shape of his life. Tongaloa went one-on-one -on -one with Zack Sabre Jr. I just I thought this match was really good. I actually enjoyed it. I mean, because some people don't like Tongaloa as a singles wrestler. I thought this was great. I really thought this was good. Obviously, you had Tama versus Taichi in a ladder match, so you can't do too much. You don't want Because, truthfully, when you're building a card as a wrestler, you don't want to take away from somebody else's moment, especially in a feud or in a tag team. Like, Tama's going to have this ladder match. I don't want to go in there and take away from what these guys are about to do. They're sacrificing themselves. They're putting their bodies in the line, having a, you know, because Tama takes big bumps every time he goes out there. He's so, a madman. We love right, him. Right, so... I thought this match was really, really good. I, th I thought Tongaloa looked fantastic as a singles wrestler here. Obviously, Zack Sabre Jr., they meshed well. Big guy, big moves. Zack Sabre Jr. trying to counter what he could counter. Tongaloa, a lot of groundwork he used in this match. I thought this match was good. No, I, 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 I enjoyed it. I thought that I wanted to come out here and praise Tongaloa's singles work with Zack Sabre Jr. I thought I, the match was good. Absolutely. I thought uh, I thought Loa really shined here. Um, you know, him being the, like, the muscle of G.O.D., um, like you said, he was very physical and using his weight against Zack Sabre Jr. I, I thought he really shined here. Um, Tama in the ladder match. That was so fun. So unique for New Japan. You don't have Right. We had mentioned Manhattan matches. Mayhem and we talked about the ladder match he had against the Briscoes. And it was a very similar spot to what Tama took against the Briscoes, which was the top of the ladder table bump. And Tama's willing to take crazy bumps. I mean, the, the guy's yeah. wild. I, the, but the match was really good. It had a lot of interference on the outside. A lot longer than I anticipated it to be. I thought this it was very unique for New Japan, but it was very fun. Um, I, I just can I never, it. I just can't wrap my head around the, the like the door tables that they they look like doors. They look like <laughs> doors. Know, they're so skinny. I just can't, um, like, he's about the, the damn metal workings under the table. There's more metal then there is wood. It's so interesting to me, but... No, but uh, I really enjoyed, really enjoyed both of these. I was so proud of my G.O.D. Tag team wrestlers and singles action is what I live for, and I thought they both kicked ass. Uh, but Zack Sabre Jr. comes running out. Giotto doesn't do shit. Like, what are you doing, Giotto? Get your <gasps> fucking ass in I know, Tama lost. We, we lost Iron Fingers. <laughs> Damn it. Um... But Metal Michael had asked a question of, you know, do we think G.O.D. could have a viable singles career? And yeah, yeah. I, I, I do. Absolutely. I, I do. I, I would like it. This is not against Tongaloa. I, I would like Tongaloa to have more opportunity to cut some solo work promos. 
because I think that Tongaloa is a very talented singles wrestler. I like the way he uses his size in conjunction in the match. I liked the match with Zack Sabre Jr. There's no reason why he couldn't be fighting for the U.S. heavyweight title that or the open weight title. Those make sense. There's no reason why he can't compete for those. So when you kind of look at Tongaloa, Tama Tonga, same way, Tama's a lot of bark. He's got fight. Tonga's a lot of fight. Tama's got fight, but... He does. That's not what I mean. But it, it's... <laughs> I want to see them balance it better, too. Like, Tom is obviously the complete package here. He can he can talk the talk and walk the walk. I just want Tonga Loa to get more opportunity on the mic to show he can do it too because his promos are good when he gets them. Absolutely. It's just he's got... I want well, more New Japan it. to give him the opportunity yeah. to do it. But more I so than him kind of doing it on his own. But I absolutely think they they have a future in singles competition. I mean, they've done everything in the tag division. It also took them way too long to get a damn pro wrestling tea store, Tangaloa. I know. Get your shit together. People are selling merchandise. You think people don't want Tangaloa merchandise? Get he's the out, fuck he's out of here. He's on there now. I got to get my Tangaloa shirt. You bought candles from Tangaloa. I did. I like them. They're they're very good. Loa's doing his thing. I like that. It's That's good. Get, get out there and, and market your shit. But... They've done everything in the tag division. So I think a singles run for both of them makes sense. Um, and you can always go back. Yeah, Tama Tonga in world, the open weight division. World title run, US, U.S. heavyweight division is really where I think Tama Tonga kind of plays well. It's it's a nice, diverse crowd. He can wrestle a lot of guys from America. Obviously, Moxley's currently there, but he tangles fun. it up really well with the way he cuts promos. Where you know, if if the U.S. heavyweight title is supposed to be targeted more toward American audiences, Tamatanga is best suited for that. Tangaloa would be best suited for that open weight title because it gives him an opportunity to work with everybody in a variety of individuals using his power in some, using his quickness. Imagine Loa and Shingo. Right. They I mean, it, it's, it's, that's the right spot for him, I think, because the matches that, they're, that they would give you. And I think the goal of New Japan now with Jay White and Tanahashi, with those guys winning the open weight title, was to build the open weight title up. All th- because of the fact that the IC title's gone. I think the goal is to make the open weight title a free form, free open title for anybody to kind of challenge for. And I think that Tongaloa utilizing his speed and power fits better in that because it matches well against a diverse set of characters. Tamatanga and his promo ability, his relational ability with, like, let's say, U.S. audiences, if that's the goal, fits really, really well with that U.S. title division. Imagine Tama Tonga versus John Moxley. Yeah. Promos would be great. Matches would be good. It's That's kind of where I see them fit, personally, if you're going to go singles, but I think they can do it, sure. Absolutely. And I really like that New Japan's roster's small enough that we get... You see a lot of the guys a lot, and they... They diversify, they create tag teams together, so they go into different the same, stories. It's different. It, even though it's the same, it's different. And that's what I like. It's intimate. You know everybody. You yeah. cheer for everybody. You just sit back and enjoy. You don't want the rosters to get too big. And I enjoy what New Japan's doing. Yeah. No, I overall I really enjoyed both nights of Dontaku. Um, there's something that I just find so relaxing about New Japan. Like it's just a source of comfort, just kind of hanging out, kicking back, watching the show. So it was nice to 
get back in the groove with these two two events but another match you wanted to touch on which you already mentioned jay white versus tanahashi for the never open weight championship yeah i mean tanahashi and jay white have great chemistry they work Fantastic very very well together chemistry. i love they their had, ab offs they that had an having. ab off and the next night they had another ab off and taguchi was involved Dude, taguchi 2021 <laughs> that's the train that i'm on right now so i mean this match was good it's not about the details it's a long match it was the main event of the night. They're building the open weight title. It's Tanahashi. It's Jay White. Jay White you regains can't gold. Ask for more. No complaints. Jay White regains gold on Bullet Club Day, nonetheless. It's it's the right move. And then we roll right into the next night. Forty five minute Shingo Takagi versus Will Ospreay match. Oh, I loved it. I mean, well, it's Shingo and Osprey. I mean, what more can be said? But... It, it was long. See, we didn't watch it live. Um, I watched it the the following evening, so I had seen un- spoilers unfortunately and knew the length of the match so i <laughs> buckled up knew what i was up against um but i i i enjoyed it i absolutely love shingo takagi yeah you and and osprey and shingo they never disappoint never. i don't think this match disappointed did i expect it i guess like like i always say about dynamite when i when I kind of know the result, it's tough to invest. And there really wasn't, you hoped, obviously, because you're like Shingo, sure. but there really wasn't going to be a chance that Will Ospreay was losing this belt here. So it kind of took that part away. It wasn't as good, and, and it was still great, but it, it wasn't the same feeling when you had the Super Junior Tournament Finals. Yeah. It, it wasn't quite the same but it was still a great match. I'm really glad that Shingo Takagi's in the main event. I'm really glad that Will Ospreay's in the main event. You have legitimate, legitimate contenders. You have guys that, that challenge sometimes, like Ishii and you have Suzuki. You have Shingo Takagi now. You have Osprey. You have Sonata. You have Naito. You have Ibushi. You have Okada. You have Tanahashi. You have Jay White. We and Tama. Ha- and we're, Evil. We're putting Tama and evil. in the, the, the heavyweight And we have now division. created a complete, diverse main event where before, what, two years ago, 2019, there were four guys. Yeah. And now you have 10 guys. And I no, think it's that's a, just it's a very it's diverse great. They've and done complete a very, roster. They've done a very, very nice job of doing this. And, and I'm glad that the open weight title is kind of getting some love now because you, you can have diversity there. Where you can have Zack Sabre Jr., you can have Taichi wrestling guys like Sonata, wrestling guys like Okada, like Tanahashi. And you can have that springboard, that kind of cross platform. And no longer do you have these very strict restrictions regarding I said the strict divisions. restrictions is the same thing like I meant like you know these strict divisions yeah. of kind of where these guys are falling into and I, I I think this is very good this is great for them I think that's one thing that like on a positive note the pandemic kind of helped with yeah and and the belts are moving they're going to different people they're they're creating new stories they're building new drama the they're empire giving new is opportunity. like the baddest the empire, thing I mean, in New Japan this right is, now New Japan right now is really good. Yeah. And I think people are sleeping on them because there's not enough attention on Twitter. There's not enough I'm seeing on my feed about this, and it's really, really good right now. It's we really, need really to good be better right with our coverage. But that's why we asked what they wanted. Yes, let us know, guys. But 
a jam-packed, eventful past few days of wrestling. Very enjoyable. Let us know what you guys thought, what you liked, what you didn't, and anything else you want to talk about. We are at Dojo and Dynamite on Twitter, at Dojo and Dynamite on Instagram, dojoanddynamite at gmail.com. And with that, thank you guys so much for listening as always. Hope you're doing well, staying safe, wearing your masks, and enjoying life. We'll be back later this week, or later next week, with another episode. Thanks, guys.